Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew, and we are so excited to answer all of your questions about sex, sexuality, sexual health, relationships, and anything else you want to ask us, although we might not answer the other ones. Uh, (laughs) I'll answer anything that you ask, so don't worry. (laughs) It might not be the answer that you're looking for, answer that you want, but at least, no. Um, How are you today, Sprig? I'm so great. It's spring. Did you know that? I just thought that a few days ago, spring started. Yeah. And um, everybody keeps telling me that. And everybody keeps telling me they're so happy I'm here. (laughs) Which, let me tell you, that never really gets old. (laughs) So happy that the weather is no longer quite as terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So how how are things going? I know there are a lot of changes happening in your life. Yeah, I just moved into a new place uh, about a week ago. And this weekend, um, we'd been living there a week and we had our housewarming party, which was kind of stressful to have a housewarming party just a week after moving in four people into a new place. Um, but we managed it. We got everything all put away. And, uh, and we ended up having almost 100 people or so, I think, come to our housewarming what? party. Yeah, it was huge. It was over the course of the afternoon. Like at one point I walked out into the foyer area, which yes, we live in New York City and we have a foyer. I know that's crazy. And um, it was Someone's getting a little bougie in this episode. <laughs> the whole room was shoes. Like the whole room, you couldn't walk through it. And I was like, that's how many people are here right now. <laughs> like, what the heck? Um, but what was really Wait, your shoes off. Your shoes off home. Of course. Yeah, so it's gross. If you think about people who wear shoes outside to inside, you're tracking in all of that. Awful. Okay, oh, sorry. This Go is ahead. Not a germaphobe episode. So <laughs> that's every episode with me. <laughs> so we had all these people, and what was really amazing was that um, the four of us that are living together all have created a community by coming together and wanting to live together and support each other. Um, But also we all invited our friends and then a lot of our friends knew each other, even like some of my friends knew some of the other people's in the house as friends. And like, and people would get so excited when they'd run into people at our housewarming party that they knew. And we realized that like, we really are creating this like expansive community and we have like some connections within it already. And as we had this lovely party this weekend, it just really, um, solidified like how important community is and how important it is to like very um intentionally create that and to make sure that you foster that and like keep bringing people together that you care about to like meet each other so that you actually strengthen your network and your community it kind of sounds like a we just did an episode a couple weeks ago about how to make real friends um there's this kind of assumption that community and friendship is just sort of the norm and it's going to happen without effort. Um, but it does take a lot of energy and effort to build and maintain friendships and community. And when you do that, most of the time, you're going to have a much happier, healthier, more successful, more sexually pleasurable life. <laughs> yeah. Anything that makes you happier makes your sex better. <laughs> really? Like when you're in a better place, you're in a better place. <laughs> So I'm glad that your community. Yeah, it's so exciting. 
So your sex yeah. is better. Yeah. Yay. Um, so what are we talking about today? Well, today we're talking about coming out and why is it a big deal? Is it a big deal? What is it? Why? How do we help people? How do we get through this? All of the things coming out. It's one of those that, oh, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, now we're dancing. Yeah, we're dancing. We're <laughs> dancing. Okay. Um, thank you, Diana Ross, for coming out with us today. Um, here on the sex. Uh, yeah. I mean, those are a, a, a lot of important questions. Those are words that are thrown around a lot. Um, I mean, coming out in and of itself is pretty simple. It's just a person telling somebody else, telling the world something about them. And most of the time, we talk about coming out in terms of in terms of sexual orientation. So usually, it's an LGBT. Uh, oriented person who tells other people that I am gay, lesbian, yeah, bisexual, or, transgender, pansexual, or gender. Yeah. So on yeah, on we would on say on. sexual orientation is yeah. the most common way that term is used, but also gender identity. Yeah, and also right. relationship orientation. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it, and I think it is important because it's this public demarcation of you taking ownership of your identity. You saying like, "This is who I am." as a person and this is how i want you to call treat me this is how i want you to call me this is this is how i'm going to appear in public spaces um like it, it's a real important piece of who someone is as a person um and it's a private part that someone then shares with others i don't know it is important and it, it is a big deal too for a whole bunch of different reasons um but i think we have to define a couple other things before we move into it um like what is the closet the closet the closet is the place where we store clothes and gay people. Yeah, the gay people stay in the closet. Um, <laughs> in my life, I've been told to get back into the closet many times too. So like coming out and people are like, no, we're, we don't want that. We want the other you. So go back into the closet and be the straight person you aren't. Um, so, th so when someone is in the closet, um, it means that while they may know that they're gay, they're not sharing it with other people or they are masquerading as straight in public. Yeah. Or people think they're masquerading as straight, which they might not be doing, but people think, oh, they don't act in a way I expect somebody who sleeps with people of the same gender to act, and so that means they're masquerading. So there's also assumptions that people put on the way they think people of certain orientations or gender are supposed to behave. Right. Like lesbians are supposed to have short hair and play softball and gay men are supposed to be into fashion and lispy and maybe muscle, like all of those kind of pieces. Um, I think the other thing that we should talk about, okay, so that's the closet. So the closet is whenever you're hiding your private self from the world. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why people might stay in the closet as well, right? Like fear of persecution, fear of rejection, fear, fear of getting kicked out of your house, fear of being told that you're not good enough, fear of losing your home, fear of losing your friends. Very legitimate fears that people do face every day. And it is completely legitimate to not identify in whatever way you want to publicly if that means that you are safe. Right. It's, it's important for your, like, right, your set, your safety, your health, your mental health. Those are really important. Um, I think for a lot of young gay people, though, who are still in the closet, um, and if you're listening, we're here for you. This is, we're talking about that situation. Um, I think it's really taxing to hide who you are from the world, too. It, it's really hard and it's hurtful to sh 
have to hide this important piece of who you are as a person. Um, so while the closet can keep you safe, I think that the closet is also, it's a double-edged sword where it keeps you safe, but at the same time, it keeps you safe. It also, you know, adds a lot of cognitive overhead to who you are as a person. You can't share who you are. You can't be who you are. You can't date who you want to date in public. You can't be visible. Um, so, yeah. So it's mentally hard to be in that space is what you're saying. It's what you mentally mean by hard. cognitive overhead, I think. Cognitive. <laughs> it, it takes a lot of mental energy. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's hard not being your real self. Yeah. So the closet, the closet's right. So coming out is essentially saying, I'm done. I'm coming out of the closet and I'm telling the world who I am. And I mean, the reason that we even have this whole idea of coming out is because in our culture and most cultures, um, it is perceived as the norm to be heterosexual, which is what we're going to talk about next, this idea of heteronormativity, that we assume that everybody is heterosexual, having sex with people of a different gender than they are, until they tell us otherwise. Right. I mean, it, uh, it happens all the time. Like a, a woman might say, oh, I'm going on a date. People will Im immediately ask her, like, well, what's he like? Or what's his name? Or, or what does he look like? You know, those kind of questions. This just kind of blanket assumption that everyone is straight. And I mean, I, I, I think when we're talking about heteronormativity, I don't want to point it out as someone who's anti-gay or someone who has anti-gay sentiment or somebody who's homophobic. Um, I think it's just this big cultural sort of blanket that's pulled over everybody's eyes, this assumption. Um, so when heteronormativity happens, I don't think people do it most of the time because they're anti-gay. I think they do it most of the time because they've been sort of trained to view the world in one way instead of kind of opening up and being a little more receptive. Yeah. And I would agree. I don't think that um, you are a bad person if you think of things uh, normally in this heteronormative context. But I think that that's something that we need to be aware of and start to challenge. So instead of um, assuming that someone is heterosexual or is going to be heterosexual or identifies as a certain gender that you think they might look like, um, we need to allow people to let us know. And until they let us know, it doesn't matter. We shouldn't be deciding what they're doing um, or who they are without them telling us. So coming out kind of interrupts societal heteronormativity, right? It kind of puts a pause in that assumption and says, wait, the whole world doesn't act on that axis or isn't like that. Um, some people exist outside of those preconceived notions of sex, love, relationships, gender orientation, identity. Um, and, and I mean, I want to talk a little bit. I mean, I, I'm a gay person and I came out. Um, I actually found a picture today of Spring and I when we were still at Penn State together at a national coming mm -hmm. out day rally, sitting outside, listening to people come out. Um, and and Coming out is a really scary process. Um, it was scary for me. Um, I lost family members. I still don't talk to a lot of my family members because they don't accept me for who I am as a person. And it's been 20 years since I've been out with most of my family and they, they, nothing to do with me. I lost entire circles of friends. I lost uh, religious communities. I lost, I mean, it's, it's a hard process. And I mean, it, it, it seems like in 2019 today, like it shouldn't be a big deal. You should be able to just come out and people will love and accept you. Um, 
it's certainly not the case. Like I lost a huge part of my life and I had to rebuild like what friendship meant to me and what family meant to me as soon as I started saying the word like, hey, I'm, I'm gay. Um, it, it, it's a hard process uh, and it's really scary. And I, I mean, part of me wishes everybody had to come out. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if everyone had to come out, it would force everybody to think about themselves Um, instead of just being on a path and walking down that path without thinking where you're going with your life. Coming out lets you forces you to really think about who you are and who you love and and why. Like what what are all of these components of your identity and what's important to you and what do you want to share with the world? And I, I think a lot of people, heterosexual people would probably be better off if they had um to come out as well. Like really think about it, really think about it and then say, you know what world? <laughs> I'm a straight person. And that's how I want to be. I mean, it's absurd. We would never think about it that way. And that's because of the heteronormativity that Spring was talking about earlier, just that assumption all of the time. Um, but my story is, I mean, it, it's sad. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very happy now, right? So there's a very happy ending to, to the sad beginning, but um, going through that kind of loss can be really damaging for people as well. Um, if you think about you in your life, all of the things that have supported you, right? Um, so your family and your friends and your school and your church and your government. Um, if you're a heterosexual person, you pretty much have a hundred percent chance of those things being supportive of your sexual orientation, right? No one's going to question it. If you're anything other than straight, if you're bisexual, if you're lesbian, if you're gay, if you're pan, if you're poly, any of those kind of terms, or if you're trans, um, if you're any of those, um, you have a very high chance of being rejected mm-hmm. at many of those levels. Um, we just did an episode a couple weeks ago about like trans military exclusion. Right. Like we're at a point where our government is telling some people that they're not good enough based on their gender identity. Yeah. And I think that I mean, so we're talking about um, this idea of how nice it is also to be reflective and to think about who you are and how you want to present yourself to the world. Um, And I think, you know, some of us do that in other ways too. And I think that some people that have experienced maybe some trauma in their life or some type of um, disease or something that has some stigma associated with it. So anything, anything that has some type of stigma associated with it, uh, when you talk about that and you come out as um, a survivor or um, identifying with that in any way, um, it can be very scary and you can be very nervous about the reactions that you get from people. So I think that there are people who are not um, identifying as gay or as trans, but have uh, experienced things similar to this that they can kind of understand and empathize a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and I think one of the, I mean, after we take our break, um, we're going to be talking about some of the things that you can do to make sure to, to help somebody. So if someone comes out to you, what can you do? Um, but that really gets to what Spring was talking about there. If someone is sharing a part of you, themselves with you um, that the rest of the world might frown upon or might be stigmatized, um, I mean, how you respond to it, like identifying like this person is sharing something personal with me, this is important, and not rejecting them for it is really important. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
Hey everybody, welcome back. Um, I just want to let everyone know that there's a day, it's October 11th. I know we're completely out of season. I don't ever know what season it is anyway. Um, it's October spring. 11th is national. It's, oh, it is. Uh, it's national coming out day, October 11th. So if you're interested all around the country, there are um, areas and events where people come out publicly. Um, and I just want to, I mean, we, we We'll talk about this again, or we'll do a shout out when we get closer to October. Um, but I think it's one of those days that's really important because it's it makes gay people visible, right? It, it fights invisibility. It fights stigma and visibility. It fights erasure. Um, I think it's pretty crazy if we look through like history books in the United States. There are lots of gay people who have existed all throughout American history, all throughout global history. And when you take a class, they don't talk about anyone except for their straightness, right? And I think National Coming Out Day is a great start for people being visible. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Spring? Yeah, I think that, I mean, we talked about this in the bisexuality episode, which was a lot of episodes ago. It was episode 14. Um, wow. That's how far we've come. And we talked about it there, you know, um, <laughs> this importance of... Um, recognizing different sexualities. And I think we talked about it in episode 19. Why do we need more letters in LGBTQ? You know, we talk about this importance of being seen, of, um, of showing the world, you know, uh, that people exist in these different forms and, uh, and the importance of having that be labeled and being, um, part of our lexicon, part of our vocabulary, you know? So I teach, I teach at, at University of Miami, you all know that. Um, and I ask my students whenever we're talking about LGBT issues, how many out gay professors or teachers have you had in your whole life from kindergarten all the way through college? And the vast majority of students will say, I, like me, I am the only out person who's ever been their instructor or ever been their teacher. Um, they have had other gay teachers over their lives. There are other gay faculty members. There's like, they, they have interacted with them. It's just that like coming out is not a one day process, right? It's not just a once and done. Like you don't go to national coming out day, go up to the steps, take the microphone, let the world know that you're gay and then walk down and you're done with it. It's an everyday kind of thing. So for me, I come out to my students in almost every single class because I want them to know, I want them to know that there are other gay people there. I want to be visible. Um, and since I am visible, lots of other young gay people who are still in the closet, um, have come to me to talk about their issues and talk about their fears. Um, and I think that's another reason why something like National Coming Out Day or coming out publicly is so important because it creates a context where you can have meaningful conversations that help people who are struggling come to terms with their identity and what they're going to share with the world. Yeah. And I mean, um, and I think, you know, talking about that, it's important to have you know, that community have that ability to have someone to go to that ability to like have some shared understandings. And I mean, I think that's really why we need to talk about anything that's stigmatized and, you know, come out about, um, having experienced these things and, um, have it, it's the way to create communities and the way to create communities around difficult experiences in our lives. And, you know, when we have other people that we can talk to and share those experiences with, it makes them easier. 
It does. Um, and, and I think, I mean, I love the, whoever submitted the question, thank you. I love like, why is it a big deal? Um, taking it back to that idea, like it, it is a huge deal because it is about a community. Um, we know that in the United States, about 40% of homeless youth are LGBT, right? So the like LGBT youth are only, you know, three or 4% of the total population, but they make up 40% of the homeless youth. Um, it was some crazy statistic, 2017, 2018, it was close to 25% of teenagers in the United States who came out to their parents while they were in high school, got kicked out of their parents' homes. Like, could you imagine yeah. being... I thought it was even higher than that. Yeah, it's like, it's alarmingly like high. Uh, about between 20 and 25. Yeah. Could you imagine being 16 and telling your mom or dad, like, hey, I think I might be gay, and they kick you out of their home? Like, yeah. what do you do if you're 16? Now, hopefully you have a friend and you can couch surf, but 40% of homeless youth are LGBT. And part of that reason is because they get kicked out of their homes. Um, yeah. If we look at the number of suicides in the United States, it's it's close to 40% of suicides are LGBT people as well, people who are LGBT community. Um, and that's because uh, coming out is hard. And in that process, they've probably lost family and friends and school and religion and government all of a sudden, all of these institutions that are supposed to say that you are worth it as a person, that you have value, they kind of pull out the rug from underneath you. Um, so, I mean, I think for the rest of the episode, we should probably talk about like, what can we do to combat that? Or if someone uh, was to come out to you, what can you do to help them with that process? Yeah. And I mean, I think the biggest thing is, is that you, um, you don't make it about you. Because <laughs> I think a lot of um, people, especially, you know, uh, will try to say, like, make sure that they've done things right. They want to be like, oh, I... I always, I always supported you. I always knew that, or I always could tell or, or, you know, some of those type of things. And I think, you know, um, it's always difficult for someone to come out, whatever it is, because it is a big deal. And so what the first thing you want to do is say, thank you for sharing that, you know, and then like really just make them feel comfortable. Like, uh, if you guys are huggers normally, like give them a big hug. Like if you are, uh, whatever, you know, is a normal thing within that context of that relationship who's ever sharing that. But like show them, um, that you love and care about them no matter what. And you know, that you don't need to talk about, um, past events or past things that you've thought of or whether you guessed that or anything, you know, but just make sure. That time you <laughs> dressed as Lady Gaga for Halloween, <laughs> I knew something was up. Um, and, and you should be really excited as well. I mean, if someone trusts you enough to tell you that kind of information, like that's kind of exciting because that means that you're really important to them too. Um, some of the people that I came out to, like some of my worst experiences weren't total rejection. Like they like think, okay, fine. Well, I'm going to do you this huge favor by being kind of tolerant of you, but I don't want to hear mm. about it or talk mm. about it or see it. Like, so I think you should, I mean, like, and in my head, I could, I mean, I could tell you the stories. I still like, I'm starting to sweat just thinking about what happened inside of those situations where I was, it wasn't like, you know, you're going to hell, get out of the house. We're done with you. It was much more the, we want you to be invisible. Like, we don't want to talk about this part of you. And and then we're going to, going to do you this huge favor by not kicking you out of our lives completely. 
Like just just be really careful with those kind of situations. Like accepting someone's gayness or uh, being supportive of someone coming out is not doing them a favor. It's it's being a human being and being a good person, right? And I don't know. There's still people who essentially feel like I should be thanking them for not rejecting me. I'm like, that's not how <laughs> acceptance works, people. You don't get thanked for not rejecting. Um, but it, you should be excited. Um, you should try to be as supportive as possible too. Um, because if people who are gay have a f- one person in their life who loves them and supports them, it can really help with a lot of those negative outcomes. It can prevent homelessness. It can prevent mental health issues. It can prevent suicide. Um, I do this activity where there's a star um, and you write people's names and schools and things on the different points. And then some of the pieces get ripped off. Um, like if someone dumps you or rejects you, you rip off that piece and you, ha- you have to come visit, see me <laughs> and actually take a class and we'll do the whole activity. But at the end of the activity, um, like the big lesson is you are someone's support network. You are someone's special other. You are a gay person's friend, right? And if you let them know that unequivocally that you're their friend, regardless of their sexual orientation, regardless of what they're coming out to you with, um, you're going to help them through that process. And often they just need one person to be with them. Yeah. Um, And I think... I would say the next thing is to, you know, ask them how they would like to be supported um, and say, you know, let me know what feels like a good way for you to be supported and what I can do to support you in any other situations as well. And and sometimes they might not have an answer right then, but even offering that, you know, will give them some space to think about that and knowing that you are willing to support them in other ways when they think of those things or when the time comes is very important. So I think, you know, not necessarily just deciding how they want to be supported, but specifically asking them. Right. Like, thank you for sharing with me. What can I do to help you with this? Like, that's it. Um, So little story. So my coming out process, I came out to a family member They told me not to tell anybody. They said they were ashamed. They didn't want my other family members to find out. I'm like, fine, okay, whatever. I won't say anything because coming out is hard. Um, Right after that, I started getting phone calls and emails from other family members because this family member had then called every single other member of my family and outed me to all of them. It was crazy. I think if someone comes out to you, one of the most important things you can do is respect that person's privacy and ask them, like, if you want to tell somebody else, you should ask them, but do not gossip, do not tell family members, do not tell anybody. Um, it is a private part of someone's life that they're sharing with you. Now, now for me, Andrew, now, you can tell you can tell everybody I'm gay. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You can tell whoever you want. Um, but I think it's really important, especially at the beginning of the coming out process, to really respect that person's privacy as well. Um, don't be my family member who called and told all of my other family members. Cause then I didn't get to have that conversation and share who I was and have that heartfelt moment or to face the rejection head on. You know, some, sometimes it was just taken away from me completely. Um, and when you're coming out, having some level of control is really important. And I had a family member take that control and just throw it away. Um, so respect the privacy of the person. Um, don't tell other people, 
And we actually, yeah, we have a whole episode about that where episode 37, is it ever okay to out someone? And, um, and we promised on that episode that we'd be doing this episode. So it took us a while to get here, but we have got to the coming out episode. And I just want to refer you back to that one, you know, that, um, it's not okay to out someone unless they specifically say you can, like Andrew just has. But you can listen to that episode to hear a little bit more, you know, about some of the intricacies in our discussion there. Yeah. Um, let's see. If you really want to support someone, there's a few other things you can do. Um, if someone comes out to you, it does not mean that they're into you. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Um, and I think that, you know, it's so silly that, um, like, if a guy has a guy friend and he comes out to him as gay, then he like assumes that he's hitting on him. But, um, but that's not the case, you know, in heterosexual land, which is <laughs> like, it's not like everybody assumes that every guy and girl that are heterosexual must like each other. But for some reason, as soon as someone identifies as gay or bisexual, people are very worried that they might be <laughs> hitting on them. And, and I don't even understand that. <laughs> It's it like is there some level of narcissism embedded in heteronormativity? Is that what it is? Like, oh, oh no, they told me they're gay. It must be because they want to bang me or they love me. That no one could resist me. It's so bonkers. Yeah. Um, and that happened a whole bunch of times as well. I'm like, what? No, not ever. I mean, I got I got a little mean one. Like, no, not ever. I don't know how you ever got that idea. (laughs) Like, absolutely not. Never. Um but it's, it's important. Uh, they're, they're probably not into you. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I think the overarching message is really that if someone's coming out to you, the thing that you really need to try to do, even if you have some hangups about the situation or the context, um, rejection of someone who's coming out is really tough. It's really hard on them. So just when someone shares with you, that part of themselves in that conversation, be really careful about rejection. It's much more about embracing you can, and ask questions too. I think that's one of the most important things. If you're coming out to someone, you should let them ask mm-hmm. you questions too. Like, how did you know? What's your process? What kind of help do you need? Um, and, I mean, I think it's healthy. Uh, and most of the time, someone who's come out, they've thought about it a lot, <laughs> like probably for years. Um, most of the time in the United States, at least, um, men know that they're gay, usually between the ages of 11 and 13, and they don't tell anybody until they're 18. So that's five years of them sitting there being pretty confident that like, I think I'm a gay. I really think I'm a gay. Five years. So if you ask, ask them questions, they'll probably be able to fill you in. For women, um, it's a little bit older. Um, they find they typically know between like, I think it's 13 and 14, and they come out between 20 and 21. So once again, it's like almost seven years of being in a closet. Um, so ask them some questions. They'll probably appreciate you asking questions too. Not like terrible, mean, rude, disgusting, like rejection-based questions. Like, And you don't need to ask very specific sexual behavior questions right. either. Well, well, I think it's another crazy thing. Like uh, so much of other people's perception of LGBT people is what happens in the bedroom when mm-hmm. if, I mean, they must think, Sometimes I think that people think that gay people do nothing but have sex. Like that, that, that must be the perception um, that certainly 
they're probably having it about the same amount with the same number of partners as people who are heterosexual. Right. It's and not we, all of their identity. It's just a piece. Yeah. And we don't obsess over heterosexual people's sex lives or their sexual behaviors nearly as much. And it's just, it, it is like, if you're, if you're thinking that you're about to ask somebody a question, like, just think, would I ask a straight friend that? <laughs> and then rethink whether you really need to ask it. Um, and I, I just recommend that, you know, as we start to think about heteronormativity and how we think about how we can combat that. And I think that that's one of the kind of overarching themes of this episode, you know, is that we need to be working to combat these kind of um, damaging norms in our society so that we can create a safer place for everybody and a safer place where people can come out when they want to more efficiently, effectively, more safely, happier. Um, and so as we start to think about that, it is challenging these heteronormative ideas and behaviors and attitudes. And so all of these things, um, if you can take it back to like, um, maybe why am I asking that or why do I assume that? And, um, and I mean, it's, it's even, it happens as soon as babies are born, you see, uh, parents or their friends will look at the little um, boy that's all dressed up in a cute little outfit and be like, oh, he's such a lady killer. Oh, girls are going to go nuts over him and all of this. And like, there's there's no reason to decide what a child's sexual orientation is going to be and, and even make jokes about that or anything, you know. And all of that is part of this heteronormative culture that actually can really hurt people Um by, you know, continuing to say things like that. And when, when a young gay child or adolescent or young person is standing in the room and hears comments like that, that are assuming that people are heterosexual, it is damaging and it does hurt. And it actually means that it is harder for that person's journey. I mean, and sometimes they just run right back into that closet, close the door and completely, you know, cut off that part of themselves from the world again. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, I, th I think we're close to the end. Is there anything else that we really need to cover? So coming out it is important. It's a process. It's a lifelong, constant process. Um, depending on how people around you react, it can be affirming, right? So coming out can be something that's really positive for you and you can find love and friendship and support and community kind of like Springs House. <laughs> um, but uh, if you don't have that kind of support network, it can be really scary and you can end up homeless and you can end up, you know, really not thinking that you're worth it. Um, you are worth it. Uh, if you're gay or if you're not gay, um, Spring and I support and love you uh, regardless. Um, and, and I think today the big tip um, at the end is that uh, you, I mean, I already said it earlier, but for me, the big tip today, I don't know if Spring has a different one, is that you are someone's special person, right? And if you make sure that if someone comes out to you, that you are supportive and you don't stigmatize it and you don't uh, make them feel bad about it. Like you can make sure that that person has a better, happy, healthier life as a gay person. So just, you are someone's star. Just don't go out. Don't turn your back. Don't leave them. You have the power to, to help someone just by being supportive. Like 
people, when, when we come out, when we, you know, come out to anyone, that becomes part of our life's journey, our story. And Andrew has shared some of his coming out story today. And you hear people like share these stories forever. I mean, so when someone comes out to you, you are part of that journey and you are helping direct, you know, how the rest of that goes. And it, it is, it's in a very important role and it is very important to really just unconditionally be there for them during that time and that big moment. Yeah. All right. So we're at the end. Um, uh, thank you for submitting this question. Um, we love answering your questions. So if you have any, uh, you can let us know. You can call us, uh, 413-I-RAP-IT. You can email us. We're the sexrap at gmail.com. Um, you can DM us on any of our social media. So we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If, you, if you're not on those, you should follow them because we post lots of interesting new content there as well. A tip every day and all kinds of affirming sex positive messages. Um, but thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, talk to you soon. Just wrap us for everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too af- Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.